changing across the nation. Pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Raging Review. Made by the fans for the fans. Cajun Nation, welcome to another edition of Raging Review. We are live at Chops Mid-City Smokehouse 117 South College Road in Lafayette. My name is Matt Miguez. Jerry Abair and Josh Jagno, man about town, join me. And gentlemen, what a what a beautiful evening here in here in Mid City. We're we're here to talk some Raging Cajuns footballs. We are ten days away from the matchup of a lifetime. The number twenty-three Louisiana Raging Cajuns take on the number twenty-one Texas Longhorns, three thirty p.m. on Fox. Again, I can't get over the atmosphere of this beautiful, you know, smokehouse restaurant that we are we are having the privilege of sitting in. What's up, guys? Man, we're excited. It's it's crazy, man. Ten days away, uh, and in this weekend, we get a little bit of taste of some college football already. So technically, we're three days away from the college football season starting. So, um, very excited. Want to thank Ryan and his his staff for you know treating us just so well here t- tonight. Uh, very excited to talk some Raging Cajun football as well as uh, what's going on around the Raging Cajun community. Ryan is a super host. This is an incredible opportunity. This is uh, another great, you know, we are lucky. We get to highlight Lafayette businesses. We get to highlight the community. We get to help to build the fabric, right, of the support that is eventually going to turn us into a powerhouse. Lafayette's a great place to live. Lafayette's a great place to eat. Lafayette's a great place to spend money because we all are in it together. So this is a great event, it's a great opportunity, and we appreciate Ryan having us. You know, we're, we're talking a little bit of everything tonight, but the, the main topic of conversation is the game against Texas next weekend. One thing that I read on social media today, and it, w- it was a Texas writer, I'm drawing a blank on the name, kind of irrelevant at this point. Hudson Card is every indication going to be the starter next Saturday, which is very intriguing because that's not what I expected. Sounds like a board game. You, you, you think Sark's playing mind games? I think Sark is a saving disciple, so he's going to do some stuff in the media that's probably going to try to throw uh, the scent off for, for Napier in the, in the game, but Billy's, yeah, he's too smart for that, but Hudson Card, um, supposedly he's managing the team well. That, that was the comment. The comment was he's managing the team well. Hey, Eli Manning won two Super Bowls off of being a game manager, so... Eli Manning might Rob be the Purdy luckiest game manager. athlete in the history of American football. And he's going to Canton, Ohio, so... That's because his last name is Manning. He's still going to Canton, Ohio. <laughs> Is he, though? That's been kind of the big debate. Well, are you... Okay. Are we this, this is, this is, this is no... Th- hold on. We're, we're going to dive away from the Rage of Cages talk for a second. Are you seriously... completion percentage of 56%. I'm about to mute you. I'm just telling facts, man. Facts are facts. Jerry Hebert, are you sitting here saying that Eli Manning is not going to be an NFL Hall of Famer? Look, he's a New Orleanian like me, but, I mean, that's been the big debate. I mean, should he? I don't nah, know. I mean, I'm, I, pull, I'm pulling a Tony Reale on Around the Horn. You're muted, bro. 
Um, Bring the game managers. I want the game managers. Look, you, look, Joe, Joe's spitting facts over here. The game managers. Game man All right, your mute's up. They have a place in Canton, but I will say this. If Eli Manning's name is uh, uh, Meli Ganning, he's not in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, seriously. Look at his dude has a career completion percentage of 56%. That's not a Hall of Fame number. Just, uh, look. Two Do you want to oh, holler and scream in this bar right now? I mean, we've done it once before. I mean, his, his say, the problem is that Jerry thinks if you're from New Orleans, you get a pass on everything. No, no, you I didn't. I you never do. said that. You I do. never said that. You what, do. Look, look at his records. I mean, if you look at his two Super Bowl seasons, one year he went nine and seven, had to win in week seventeen to get in the playoffs. The other year, I think he went like eleven and five or ten and six. Most of he's one of those. He's one of those playoff guys. He'll go like yeah, eight, I was about, and eight I was about to say, during the that? season, and then he'll get hot in the playoffs. What's that legendary quote? It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Thank I you. Know. So you don't think Joe Flacco is a Hall of Fame quarterback? He's, game <laughs> he's good. He's good if he got a good defense and receivers. He's but good. He's, he's he can't affect Tyree. the game. Okay, I will give you. I will give you. I will give you your 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 props, Josh. He has a huge leg up because his last name is Manning. And played in New York. However, we're getting way too far off the topic as this is a UL podcast. This used to yeah. be the Rage Occasion podcast. I don't know what we've heard. <laughs> Bring me the game man. So, like Brock Purdy. Hey, except hey, for when they play. I except have, for when they play. I have pages. major. I have major respect for Brock Purdy. I know. I like him. But you know, hey, he's, we I'm, match up good. I'm glad you brought up the Cyclones. We match up good with it. I'm glad that you brought true. up the Cyclones. Hold on to that. We'll get there in a second. Pro Football Focus released their All-American teams today, and the Cajuns had three representatives on the third team. Chris Smith as a kick returner, Osiris Torrance on the offensive line, and Braylon Trahan on the secondary. Three Pro Football Focus. I don't give a damn. First team, second team, 15. You are a Pro Football Focus All-American. Let that sink in for a second. Look, Chris Smith was an All-American last year. Smizzy. As a returner, he's going to be an All-American as a running back. Mike DeZormo told us two years ago, Jerry knows what I'm talking about. He told us two years ago, with Eli Mitchell on the team and with Trey Regis on the team, and Kali was on the team, mm-hmm. he said Chris Smith is the, the best, best back we have in yeah. that room. And now he's going to be the feature back. And, and, and here's the crazy thing. I listened to an interview on ESPN 1420 with Troy Wingerter two weeks ago, I think, and they were talking about Chris Smith. Chris Smith has put on enough weight this offseason to be the same size as Elijah Mitchell. He's a feature back. He always was going to be a feature back. They were grooming him. Could you imagine his speed with Elijah Mitchell's build? Well, and that's, oh my God. You can't, you can't coach that kind of speed either. I mean, when you have natural speed like Chris Smith, I mean, even two years ago, some of his touchdowns, he just ran. I mean, he was like jogging away from the secondary. And you, you can't coach that. I mean, that's just natural. And he's got instincts. Yeah, you, you, you can't can coach that. You can't coach that. So, congratulations to those three guys. Looking forward to them shredding it up on the field in 10 days. Speaking of that game, the biggest game in school history, no question about it. This time last year, we were saying the same thing about a game in Ames, Iowa. Biggest game in school history. You know, we need Cajun Nation to really step up, come out, and we need to go get a win. That's exactly what we did. Biggest win in school history. First time we beat a top 25 team on the road. You know, we can go on and on about that game. Comparing, actually, let, let's bring up some some memories of, of that Saturday in September. 
And before we move on from the PFF stuff, let me just tell you guys, Braylon Tromont was a key cog in the wheel for that win, that Iowa oh, State win, sure. which for was sure. a program changer and a perception changer nationally. He was a walk-on from Acadiana High School, and he now, if you look at Nagy and his, or Nagy, how do you pronounce it? If you look at him and his evaluation, this guy is a nationally known commodity. How did Billy Napier identify a walk-on as a key part of his defense, who is now a PFF, and you guys know what PFF means. That is a graded position. He's an All-American. Braylon Tron is going to be a catalyst for this defense. He was already, a, 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 like I said, a gigantic part of last year. Going into Texas, he is a known commodity. He's going to be targeted. This is a man from a kid in high school who walked onto the program. I don't, I don't want that to go into the dark of night without people understanding how huge of an accomplishment and, and especially from a from a, 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 a development standpoint. Yeah, no question. I mean, that's huge. No question about it. So let's talk about that game against Iowa State. Comparing it to this coming Saturday against Texas. Yeah. Where were you mentally before the Iowa State game compared to where you are now about the game with Texas? So the Iowa State game, when you really think about it, we hadn't, we really hadn't had a P5 win since 2009 going into that game. Uh, I knew that we would be able to compete with them, but because we were going on the road, because we were playing an Iowa State team that's pretty well respected, um, I, I, I had my doubts. I, I thought it was one of those games where just like it happened, you had to win the turnover battle. Uh, we couldn't really panic right away. We couldn't turn the ball over. Um, and defense had to be able to stop that passing attack, which we saw later in the year help them win a Fiesta Bowl and become the second place Big 12 team, right? They had an all-conference all, you know, all quarterback in Brock Purdy, an all-American running back, and Brees, and was it Brees Hall? Brees Hall held him to 80 yards rushing. So, so going into the game, I knew they were good. It was more a matter of us, can we get over that hump mentally? And then all of a sudden we go there and we win by 17. I think the big difference is this year is it's very sim it's a very similar circumstance, but let's be honest. Perception-wise, you're playing the Texas Longhorns. Right. Even even fans from last year, not our fans, but other teams are like, oh well, it's just Iowa State. But it's like, yeah, but it's an Iowa State team that was a top ten team throughout the year and was even in talks of a playoff berth. And so this year, no, Texas hasn't been the, the Texas we're used to, but, but it's, it's still, still Texas. Texas. Right. So if you were able to go to and, and look, they're number twenty-one in the country, very similar ranking. Iowa State had going into the season. Do I think Texas can do what Iowa State did last year? I don't know. But at the same time, you're going into Austin, Darrell K. Royal Stadium in front of hundreds of thousands of people, and you're and you're going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Texas. You know, I'll, I'll tell the you, perception is this, the Texas Longhorns. I'll, I'll tell you this. Last season compared to this year, my, my feelings are kind of the same. Go into a hostile environment, compete your ass off, stay healthy, and let the cards fall where they may. 
I mean, that, that's where I'm at. I, but I, I, now, but now I have an added boost of confidence because I know we can win. Absolutely. I we've done it before. I know we can do it again. I think that's the big difference from last year is that we had to see it to believe it, and we saw it. I mean, look, you you went to their house and you beat them by 17, a P5 school, three three scores, and it could have been worse. It could have been more than that. I mean, we missed two field goals. So now you're playing a Texas team that, in my opinion, I don't even know if they have the talent that Iowa State had last year. And we've got 20 returning starters. Our confidence is through the roof. And you're playing, you're playing a team that has a new head coach, a brand new quarterback. They lost Sam Ellinger. He's gone. So I really do think we have a chance. The question is, can we go into that environment in front of 100,000 people and be able sure. to not and to, to block the noise out? Because they didn't have that in, 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 in Iowa last year. Isn't, isn't that absolutely nuts that we only have to replace one starter on each side of the ball? It's amazing. I mean, it, it's unreal. It's amazing. You know, this is where I'll start, okay? I think that last year I went into the Iowa State game thinking we had a narrow avenue for victory. I thought we had to play a perfect game. I thought yep. we had to do well on, on special teams. I thought that Levi had to be special. I don't have that opinion this year. No, and you want to know why? Because we didn't play a perfect game last year. That's where I was going to start. I thought we played a C-plus game. We, yeah. yeah, we. B besides special we teams, were we were average. I thought that our, our discipline on defense was sloppy. I thought that special teams was okay. You mentioned the two missed field goals. I think that Levi was okay. He had a couple of... Very important passes. Right, the the long ball to Peter LeBlanc being one of them. But overall, his consistency was not there. Well, we we won that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, you know, I thought that going into that, the, Iowa State was talented. Dude. Fiesta Bowl champions. They were four points away from being in the college playoff, and we thoroughly, folks. I don't think you. If anybody knows the difference between a P5 team and a G5 team, it's always physicality and depth. We physically dominated them in the second half of the football. We made them tap out. They gave up with seven yeah, We made them quit. And you know, it is unheard of in a G5, P5 matchup. And nobody's talking about that in the national media, but I want to talk about it. I'll, I'll I'll tell you where it makes a difference, and you don't see many G5 schools do this. We beat them really on field position. Field position, but we beat them because we had the audacity to play man defense. Yeah. Against Brock Purdy, who was a Heisman candidate. Yeah. And by the way, he was pretty bad. He was. Don't, don't shake <laughs> your head in the crowd. He was. We, we kicked his ass up and down the field in the second half. He was terrible. Listen, A.J. Washington and Eric Garrard put his ass in a body bag all day long after the half. I love when Josh gets angry. Listen, I'm just telling the truth. Nobody, nobody wants to tell the truth. Trey did as well. You're right. Trey and Makai. Nobody wants to tell the truth about that. If, if your outside corners can put them on the island and make them one-dimensional, then you can play cohesive on the linebacker core and you can play deep in the, in the secondary uh, free safety, strong safety. And we've got five safeties that can play. Yeah. Nobody's talking about the fact that we can man up on 
anybody. Texas is not that good. They don't have a passing game. No passing game. Speaking of our five safeties, can we take a moment to appreciate the legend that is Percy Butler? Oh, and also, and also, disclaimer: I'm not kissing his ass because I might one day ask for help in my health class. We're in the we're in a health class together, but the man's. He's, he's a legend. I'll kiss his ass. I'll lick his ass. I'll tell you right now. He's the, listen, he's the, he, trans, he transformed the back end of that defense. Nobody talks about it. We've been on it for three years. We've been on it for three years, Jerry. Yeah. I've, been, I've been telling people who listen. I saw this kid in practice one time. So I saw him to the football. And I said, this guy's going to change everything. We've got five NFL secondary pieces yep. on this roster right now. Agreed. Five of them, bona fide, going to be drafted. Okay? Nobody talks about the fact that they shut down Iowa State. Nobody talks about the fact that we were crippled by COVID situations. Uh, probably the first five games of the season. Yeah. Nobody talks about this. But we're going into 18, okay? DKR, I don't give a fuck where we're playing. We're going into a team that doesn't have the talent in the wide receiver court. We're going into a team that has a new quarterback, and nobody knows what he's capable of. So the idea that we're the underdog, it's kind of laughable. And if you look at Vegas, the number just keeps falling, man. I like it, though. I like that. I, I always want to be the underdog, Joe. I always want to. They're not respecting our quarterbacks. They're not respecting our defense. And I like that. I agree. I like it because we're going to show... We're gonna show them, but but the thing is, is that we have we have experience matching up with a team, and let me hear. It. I just want everybody to understand this: the team that we beat last year, Iowa State. That roster was better than this team. I don't get. I don't care what the roster. I'm sorry, what the what the ranking is. I don't care what it is. That roster was better than this Texas roster. Well, they beat Texas. 100%. They beat, they beat Texas the at their house. 100%. At their house. So, I mean, yeah. Charlie Colon was an All-American. Brock Purdy, All-American. Brees Hall, All-American. Tell me how many All-Americans. Dylan Sainer was an All-American. Tell me how many All-Americans Texas. Greg Eisworth Jr. Not, not, not B. like B. John that. Robinson. One, one. B. John Robinson. Who, yeah. by the way, is a straight dog. He's a straight dog. Let me, let me He's a dog. Let me tell you about our defensive line depth, okay? Oh, our front seven. is an NFL player. Oh, our front Seven is insane. Dalvin Hutchinson is an NFL player. Chauncey Manat I would, I would an NFL player. Player. <laughs> Hill is an NFL player. Do you want me to continue? I would put Makai our front Gardner seven. Fraud Gardner is a. I'd put our front seven up against anybody in the country. However, do not be surprised. You heard it here first. Do not be surprised. If Bijan Robinson runs for triple digits oh, no. on our defense, oh, no. but that's okay. Oh, no. But that's okay. No, it, it's one of those. It's perfectly okay. It's, look, one, it's look, one of those. It's one of those scenarios. Josh, I'm gonna mute you because you can't interrupt me. This is one of those situations where Bijan Robinson is gonna get his. You contain everybody else, but you dare one man to beat you. Kylan Hill did the same thing in, two, in, in 2019. He ran for 200 yards, and guess what? We still should have won, won the damn game. game. Because they were one-dimensional. So even, even if even if Bijan Robinson has God, a great game, State game but even if he has off. a great game, it's one-dimensional. They don't have a, We don't know about their passing game. It's really not much. They got a brand-new quarterback. They're, they're one-dimensional. If, they, if, they, if he is all they have, and they can't move, they can't, you're not going to be, you're not, you are not. The hardest position. Exactly. And, and with losing a guy like Sam Mellinger, 
you will not beat a UL defense. You will not beat our. You will not beat us having to depend on your one running back. It's not going to happen. You got to throw the ball. Got to throw. One thing we know about Sark is his history. What Sark does is pass to run. He is a pass to open up the running game type of coach, type of coordinator. If his quarterback, who is an unknown. I don't care what TikTok says. I didn't think he was going to be the starter. I thought it was Thompson's job to we lose. We all did. Now, let me tell you, <laughs> if he cannot hit his targets, especially early in the game, What's that? we're going to commit to the run, and they ain't going to run. Sorry. We have, we have run, Mon we, we have, look, look at Farad. Have you seen Farad recently? Uh, he's he's, 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 like he's massive. He's he runs, he massive. McCaskill's another one. McCaskill. These guys yeah. are going to eat up tackles. Look at Manette. Manette's an NFL in. Yeah. He can play the X. He can play. He can. He can play the Buck. He can do anything. So are you gonna, are you really gonna rely on him? Are you really gonna rely on the running game if you can't pass the, the football? Yep. Not if it's I, one I guy. Don't. Because you know what Tony's gonna do. Patrick Tony's gonna push all of his mans, all oh. of his man corners oh, up. Yeah. He's gonna play. A, a we're, extra we're playing. We're up. playing seven eight in the box. He's gonna play extra safety up. We're gonna run probably four safeties. And they're not running shit. Mm. You're looking at two, three runs a carry, uh, th three yards a carry. Yep. That's going to be a long day for the Texas long. Really, all you got to do is play a two-man under and just basically send the rest, the, the well, rest of the night. I mean, just... If you play a two-man under, you're telling me that you're worried about a quarterback. They're not worried about this guy. Well, I'm saying that because it's just keeping one or two safeties at the top and just in case because you know they're going to try to throw, but you got the other nine just think, putting pressure think, on the line. I think if Tony knows that he can get if Tony knows that this guy's not going to beat him over the top, he's going to play a single high safety, and he's going to push our man corners up, and they're not going to run for shit. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get too deep into the roster conversation because we still have a whole other episode talking team preview. Very in-depth. Um, so we're going, to have, we're going to have some fun with that one. But we have a lot of fun planned for tonight at Chops Mid City Smokehouse. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to sit down with Nico Yanko, the Deputy Athletics Director, talk about RCAF, talk about everything going on in Reinhardt Drive. And in the final segment of tonight, we will sit down with owner and managing partner of Chops Mid City Smokehouse, Mr. Ryan Paco, talk his story, talk his travel stories with the Cajuns and so much more. We're having fun already. Don't you go anywhere. Rage and Review will be right back. Hey, real quick while the music's playing. The ISU game experience will blank the Cajuns for the Texas experience. Prepare. 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 They're ready. Make it look like child's play. hey -oh. You heard it here first. Once again, Rage and Review will be right back after this. Chris Russo of Russo Exploration encourages you to donate to the Raging Cajun Athletic Foundation. The RCAF, the official fundraising arm of Louisiana Athletics, supports over 400 student-athletes across 16 NCAA sports. You can invest in the RCAF today for as little as $5 a month. Just go to myrcaf.org to get started or call 337-851-RCAF. As always, donations to the RCAF are tax-deductible. Your investment today will enrich the lives of every athlete that puts on the vermilion and white. Go Cajuns! 
Cajun Nation, welcome back to another edition of Rage and Review. Matt Miguez, Jerry Bear, Josh Jagno, and we are coming at you live from Chops Mid-City Smokehouse, 117 South College Road in Lafayette. Absolutely the best barbecue in town, hands down. Uh, and the corn grits put Zia's to shame, if you know what I'm talking about. But we are joined by Mr. Nico Yanko, the Deputy Athletics Director for the University of Louisiana. Nico, first of all, good evening. Good evening. Great to be here. First time on. I'm excited about this. Yeah. It, how, how have we been doing this podcast for four years? Has this it been is, four years already for you guys? We get, we get Nico on. Con- is it a, like an anniversary coming up? Like, congratulations. That's a big deal. No, game. the anniversary is in May. There we go. Yeah, but... Uh, but no, man, you know, 10 days away from the open of, of the football season when the Cajuns go to Austin to play Texas, mm-hmm. you're obviously on Reinhardt Drive on a daily basis. What, what's, what's the vibe throughout the facility right now? There is a strong energy right now in our athletic department complex all over the building, sorry, whether that be the student athlete, you know, the Mosing Student Athlete Performance Center, Cox Building, Dining Hall, wherever you go, right? But let's start first with the city of Lafayette and the buzz around Lafayette. And I, I think I'd be remiss if we didn't mention our Little League World Series team, okay? Absolutely. Let's give those guys a shout out and representing you know, Cajun Nation right here. So for me, I want to talk about the buzz around Lafayette, but two, the buzz around our athletic department right now is at, at an all-time high, I tell you. I think there's a lot of confidence, uh, but I think the, that goes to reflect the preparation that is going into each and every one of our sport programs, okay? Whether that's Lance Key in the soccer program, whether that's you know our, your new head coach, Christy Gray, with the volleyball program, and clearly, yes, let's talk about him, Billy Napier and that ranked football program, okay? That roster's something special, I'm telling you guys right now. Your defense, stellar. Your offense is looking really good. Special teams, uh, I'm a big believer. That's a third of the game, okay? And you're, you're ready to roll on all, and fire on all those cylinders. So we got a lot of energy going around there, but I think that also is bleeding into Lafayette, which has really given us the heartbeat to keep this 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 motor moving, okay? Right, no, no question about it. And, you know, you brought up, the roster, 20 of 22 starters returning. That's right. That's just an impeccable number. I mean, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Um, so, you know, I kind of like to say that this pandemic over the last 18 months has kind of been a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. from that point. Um, but, you know, one thing I really want to focus on with you, Nico, is from a from a donation standpoint, mm-hmm. a fundraising standpoint, a record-breaking rise in RCAF mm-hmm. donations this year, almost 500%. Yeah. Um, and obviously, a large part of that is the Our Lady of Lords gift. But you know, talk about talk about the rest of it. What what do you, in your mind? What drew Cajun Nation to really rev up the the giving this year? Yeah, I think that's a reflection of not only the wins on the field of play, whether that be whatever arena you're looking at, right? Football particularly is going to be a big piece that's going to drive that. Uh, And I think there's a high level of confidence right now in each of our sport programs. But also I look to the engagement that we've had, okay? This wasn't just a a lucky year, okay? I think this is a reflection of, one, our community and the generosity, but also I think because how engaged we've actually been out there and tapping into new resources, whether that be the corporate community, uh, having great ambassadors like Ryan and Tracy, who were luckily enjoying their establishment here today that are out there championing us, the great things you all are doing, and just really motivating the fan base and to participating in RCF, okay? Now, yes, we had some 
grand slams, if you'll call those, right, this year with Our Lady of Lords. But the exciting piece about this is this was an enormous spike for us, but we know that there is a lot more to go in this space, right? We know that we have a lot of opportunity out in front of us, and that's probably what excites us most about where we're going here. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. As as RCAF donors, I mean, we, we get the idea of, you know, the, the success on the field or in the classroom, whatever it may be, yeah. definitely leads to, to bigger donations. But, you know, one thing, a lot of people, you think athletic foundations and you think big-time donations, big-time mm-hmm. Not everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. So... One thing I want to I want to talk about is like smaller yeah. donations. You know, thousand dollars and under even. How how are we actively trying to get people like that to to donate to the RCAF? Yeah, look, I, I'm a big believer in this. Is that every dollar makes an impact? Okay, it doesn't matter if you can do those in hundreds of thousands at a time, or if you can do that, you know, on four dollars and seventeen cents a month. Right, every dollar makes an impact, and participation is key. Uh, One thing for us is the ability to look at the grassroots opportunities. And really, if you look at Acadiana in general, we know this, right? We've talked about this for, I've been here now over four years, and Brian a little bit longer than me in that that sense. We know there's over 700,000, 800,000 people just right here in Acadiana. Let's dominate our home front, okay? Let's really stake claim here and let people know that we're ready to plant the flag, right? And get out there and wave this thing and let people know what's going on. And we wanted to take a very intentional approach, one, getting the fan base motivated off the field, and that was investing in a strong digital strategy team. Guys like Doug Domain and Heather Williams and Ryan Benoit who are doing a tremendous job. Guys like Josh Bruner who are really leading the charge to get the message out there. Uh, And then from there, you're talking about the staff who's really focused on a heavy engagement in the grassroots sense, getting out to our local restaurants, getting out into speaking at little rotary clubs. But I think it's just the the genuine and authentic relationships that we have an opportunity to build and foster here in our community. And I think we're slowly starting to make a headway there and getting more people involved, but it's selling more than just the participation. I think our biggest focus right now is asking for time, talent, and treasures, okay? Look, yes, we hope that you guys participate financially into the RCAF or buy those season tickets, right? We want you involved in some capacity financially, but we need your, you know, your talent and we need an investment from you that's gonna be a little bit deeper than just, you know, reaching into your pocketbooks, okay? That's where I think we're making the biggest headway is getting people to really dive in and pull on the heartstrings and tell the stories of our student-athletes. And I think that's probably the best part about what's going on here. We have great people to tell stories about. You can use Levi Lewis as an example. He's kind of the, he, yeah, he, he's a, your quarterback, and he's kind of the front man in a lot of ways in people's eyes. But there are 399 other stories that are unique and just as special, and I promise you people will fall in love with those students athletes and we make this something more than just investing in wins and losses and make it about a partnership and investing in lives that's going to be the secret to our success to propel us in this trajectory on this this wave that we're riding right now to continue to keep going higher and higher so i go back to this look we need to get out in the community it's little things like this what you guys are doing and you know buying a round of beer for the first guy that joins rcaf i'm gonna find one tonight i'm gonna do it okay (laughs) two two we gotta have an opportunity we can't wait to buy him a beer yep that's right And, and for us you know from that end i think it's the opportunity to to allow Cajun Nation to know 
we want to sit down and visit with you, right? Whether you had an experience in the past that you didn't enjoy, whatever that was, you didn't like your seats or whatever that might be, right? We want to know about it, okay? We want to have an opportunity to visit with you and tell these stories, but also get you excited about where we're going because I'm just telling you, one of the biggest messaging points that we can lay out there right now is that as the front porch, if you will, for the university, that's your athletic department, and if your football program is your welcome mat, I'm just telling you guys, the stronger of a profile that we can build for our athletic department and get this community energized, the better that is to build the profile of your institution, okay? And that, that is the catalyst into massive success over here. And we're lucky enough that we have the president, I'm just telling you, the leadership at this institution is aligned and it is strong. And it starts at the top with the top dog, Dr. T. Joe Savoy. And I call him Mr. President or, you know, Dr. Savoy. I don't ever call him T. Joe, okay? I'm just telling you, okay? I call him Mr. President, you know, uh, and we'll go from there. But anyways, that's where all this starts. And, and he is he's absolutely the sole purpose of our success. But then it goes into Dr. Maggard. Right, Brian, you don't you won't find a better athletic director in the country. And that trickles down into the rest how we can all fit and play our roles in this game. But also we need the fans to know, invest in this athletic department, particularly what we're doing right now in football, and watch the profile of this institution soar. And I promise you, when you see that, that's gonna change and transform the energy around this community. When you have a stronger university, that's bigger enrollment. That's more businesses that are attracted to partnership here. That's more research dollars that get invested back into our area, okay? And then from there, that's more businesses that come in. And that helps business thrive so that we can keep investing. It's a cycle, right? To come back full circle and invest back in those athletic departments. So for us, that's gonna be one of the biggest message points we're gonna hit outside of telling those unique stories of our sport programs and 400 plus student athletes. And you know, I'm, I'm so, Jerry, I know you have, you have a question to ask. I love that you brought up the front porch mm -hmm. because if, if you drive down the corner of Cajun Old Boulevard and Reinhardt Drive mm -hmm. and you look at Billy Napier's office, there's literally a porch. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. They had I mean, point, it, yeah. it's liter it's, there's literally a front porch. Yeah. So front porch, Louisiana Athletics ties in perfectly, no if you ask me. No, you're Jerry, spot on. Ahead. You're spot on. And, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this. We're not the most important thing that happens on that campus, okay? But we are the most visible, all right? We are a marketing vehicle for our institution, and you can't quantify the amount of ESPN games that we're gonna play on, the social media mentions, the newspaper ads, just the amount of touch points that our Raging Cajun brand, the University of Louisiana brand, is now into households, cell phones, whatever it might be. You can't quantify the value of that for our institution, and that's where I continue to go back to invest into this athletic department, invest into this football program, and continue to watch the profile of our university and region soar, and that's going to pay back in dividends. I can't, I can't tell you uh, how you can even quantify at this point. Well, Nico, um, one thing, I, I mean, I, I'll add on to it. I mean, it's pretty simple. Unless you're an Ivy League school, the number one marketing tool for a university is, is athletics. Um, but adding on to that real quickly, uh, one of the many tools of uh, marketing athletics is also has to do with uh, conference affiliation. And I know uh, this summer, one of the big things that has really been kind of been breaking news is uh, Texas and Oklahoma officially announcing that they are going to the SEC starting in 2025. So, of course, with that, uh, depending, and then of course the other day they had the alliance between the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 uh, as far as scheduling goes and branding and marketing. Uh, with conference realignment, um, where does that leave uh, Louis University of Louisiana? Uh, what, what, based on what, whatever the Big 12 does or these alliances that are being made, what type of position does that put our university in 
and what have you and the administration done to sort of keep an eye on that for a possibly or a possible potential move down down the road for for Louisiana athletics? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, you got to have the plan and work the plan and. and top point for us right now is that, look, there's a lot of transitioning going on out there, right? And we know with the Oklahoma and Texas move that that is creating not just little ripples, that's creating waves and how this is going to impact us from a sense of the, the holistic view of conference realignment for the NCAA, particularly the FBS realms, uh, when that impacts, whether that be scheduling, television deals, all the way down to even associated to the student-athlete um, uh, you know, experience, if you will. These things are all going to impact that. And that's where I go back for us. You know, first things first, you got to dominate the neighborhood you live in right now, okay? And for us, that's currently focusing on dominating the Sun Belt Conference. I'll be candid with you. But that doesn't start with just wins on that field. This is where I'm going to put the charge right back onto Cajun Nation, okay? You guys want to look at the opportunity to grow the profile of what we're doing here and be the the most attractive at whatever dance we're going to, I think it goes back to, we got a packed Cajun field. We need you there. We are in this together. This is a partnership. We need you to invest in RCAF. We need you to share the social media posts. We need you to share the great news and all the great things that are going on because we are truly partners in this approach to how this thing's gonna move forward. I'm glad you brought up attendance at, uh, at Cajun Field. You know, one thing that's always puzzled me as a fan is no matter the success of the program, Attendance just doesn't seem to measure up. What do you what do you think that is? Is it, is it the school on the other side of the basin? Is it some fans? Some there's casual fans that just don't really care. Like what what do you think it is? I think I don't think there's one answer to answer that question. I think it's a few details that are really going to be something that's probably more of a discussion. Because in a second, I'm going to turn around and ask you guys that, okay? Now, first things first, I think our biggest competition are those 65-inch televisions at people's houses, okay? For sure. We can all pick up a phone and call waiter and have food to our house in 15 minutes. You can have a $6 six-pack, right? Go, go over to Super One Foods. I hope you're shopping at Super One Foods. And then you're going to bring that over to your house and you're going to have a good time, right? And you don't have to worry about getting your car, getting ready, putting up the, the hassle of tailgating and all that. I get it. But that's where we hope to create such a special game day environment that not only captures you from the moment you purchase that ticket, but all the way to the point of you want to come back, right? And creating a fan family environment. Now, part of this is also venue. Okay, I'll talk venue. And that's why when we're talking about investing in RCF and the momentum that the Our Lady of Lords future home of Cajun Field, right? That stadium naming right deal is going to do for us and the many gifts hopefully to follow here. I think that's going to create a venue that is going to be a little bit more desirable for our fan base to come out and participate with us, at least on those six, you know, five, six, seven home games, whatever that looks like. And hopefully some opportunities to drive foot traffic to our sports complex even more so, right? We want you to come visit with us. We want you over there, right? We love that. And I think that's going to be another vehicle for us that's going to help boost enrollment, but also create an environment that adds probably more value for you to come out to game days. Uh, I, I say this, I believe in this. With a packed stadium, people have more fun. We need you to come out. You guys are part of that answer. Show up, get loud, stay late, have some dang fun, right? I mean, you look at the amount of opportunities to go play in the swamp and, and get out in the Cajun field and make a ruckus, right? That I don't know if it's the humidity in this area, but when you get Cajun field rocking, that music, that music and that noise, it doesn't leave that place, man. It is a blast. And so I'm looking forward to September 11th, hopefully after a great opportunity and great showing over in Austin, that we show up strong at Nichols and give people a chance to come out and remember and have a great time. But there's two sayings that I'll go back to this before. I, I'm going to ask you guys the same question. Um, 
that I, I would hate for our fans, and I, I hate to hear these things, and that's what if, right? What if? I don't want to hear what if, right? I want I want us to be a part of like let's live in the right now and remember when. We don't want to be a part of the remember when. Let's live in the moment, guys. Let's live in the moment and let's get people out there and have some fun because I think all of us know when we get out to Cajun Field, we tailgate better than anybody in the country, and I know that. And I've been in the SEC, the ACC, all over the place as a student athlete and coach. Okay, I promise you, it's unique here and it's special. So let's let's own that. Let's dominate it. Stick some pride in it, and let's get our friends out too. And I think that's the next step of this is we got to recruit our friends out to Cajun Field. So there's a lot of those elements, um, you know, but I'll, I'll tie it back to, again, venue amenities are going to be a piece of that, you know, enjoying those special moments, breaking you away from the competition of your own home and the comfort of your home, having friends come out. I think technology is going to be a next step of this too that we're going to have to make some significant investments on. Uh, and then we got more to go, right? We got to continue to find avenues to build relationships because I really do think if people really believe in more than just the wins and losses and they're focusing on the Levi Lewis's and the special stories of our sport program and, and, and understanding that a guy like Billy Napier wants to be in this community. Can you tell me why you wouldn't want to come out and support that program? I just don't know. I, I wouldn't know that answer, right? And that's where I'll turn and ask you guys, what are your thoughts on game day attendance? What, what, where are we missing at? Where, where can we evolve? Well, um, that's a really good question. I think now, I think the hard part is, it's like you said, uh, you know, 10 years ago, there was no ESPN3. There was no basic uh, iPhone live feed that I could literally, I mean, look, I could literally sit on my couch and turn a game on. And I think for that reason, there's a lot of people that, it's, it's always been a wait and see game. So when you came in in 2017, uh, we were in the transition of switching head coaches. And then on top of that, there was some backlash from the fan base on what the previous coach, certain comments he might have made. And I think back then, you had lost a little bit of the fans because then on top of that, the, you know, the, the football program got on probation. So I think with those factors, I think that had a little bit to do with it. But I'm with you now. Now, the past two years, the team's finished in the top 25. It's a combined record of 21 and Four. You've had two bowl victories. You've won a share of the conference championship. You've been at three straight conference championships. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't think there should be any reason why fans shouldn't show up outside of the distraction of ESPN, uh, the app, right, where you can watch it on your phone. Um, I think schools around the country are really facing that challenge, especially in the G5. I've noticed even the best of the G5 schools are having attendance problems. But I think, you know, in my opinion, if this team is able to get the job done in Austin next week or has a good showing or, or pulls off a win, I, I would expect a minimum of 25000 for that Nichols game. Um, the question is, like you said, how do you get past that hump of, of ESPN? That's the, main, that's the main concern for me. Because we're at the point now, we're at the point now where we're past the whole, um, we're at the point now where we're past the whole, you know, well, I gotta wait and see, because it's, it's here. I mean, we've never been ranked in the preseason before. Yeah, I think that's a great point. What are your thoughts, Matt? You know, I was a freshman in 2015, and that was the first year after the four consecutive New Orleans Bulls. And I can remember going to games as a freshman, and it being, you know, a solid 25 to 30,000 every home Saturday. And we went for it. And then the next year, you know, you, you played a little bit better. You went 6-6, six and six, got into the New Orleans Bowl, and you lost. And then you went 4-8 and eight again. And so I think it was one of those things where the, the last couple of years of the previous coaching staff, 
you have so much failure consistently that I think some fans just are kind kind of like, okay, now you know, I need to see more of a winning product before I come. Which I agree with you. I, I get the face that you're making. I don't see how you could get more winning than this. But I just think some fans are stuck in their ways and just. You, you get what I'm saying? No, I hear you. Can, can I just throw a wet blanket on all this? Come on, let's hear it. I wanna, I wanna I've been living here my entire life. Yeah. I'm in, of, and any other describer you want to put on it uh, of Acadian, all right? Sometimes the answer is just obvious. Lafayette is a scene town. Lafayette is a show me first, I'll come later town. And that's no knock on people, it's just the truth. We've also never been really great at anything. We've never been a winner. We have no winning history outside of a couple of years in the sure. 80s. He's not wrong. We got a, we got a, you know, we, we went to the Oil Bowl one time, which... 1944. <laughs> I think we won a championship when we went like 4-0 and as SLI one time. So, you got to understand the psyche of the fan here. This is South Louisiana. We're football crazy, but we've been football crazy about an entirely different institution for, you know, 80 years. So, even though we're winning now, and winning big and the brand is spreading and that's all wonderful there's still people out there that are waiting for the carpet to be pulled out from under them and i think that that's part of the equation i think that i think once you get them into the fold they're in the fold and they're loyal cajun people are loyal once you change hearts and minds they're going to be around for a while i think that we're at the precipice right now and we're at the brink of getting, you know, Papa and Mama to start coming to the games and bring the grandkids and that's another generation of kids that understand what winning feels like and what winning is like and expects to win. It's fun. It's it's an atmosphere. It's a thing. It's a it's something special to belong to. Once you get that generation that HUD started to cultivate and they have kids and their kids are 10, 12, 15, 20 years old, I think you you kind of create an army of fans that want to show up and want to be an ambassador for your brand and follow the team religiously like we did, like when we grew up. We just need more of that. We need to continue. We got to keep going. Um, but where we are right now, we it's, you know. I think you hit it on the head. I think you said the word consistency in there. And for me, I think that's spot on. But it's not just consistency in wins and losses. It's consistency in how we conduct ourselves in the community, which I think this community is really proud about who's representing them, right? It's a it's a privilege, right, to represent the university in, in Lafayette, Acadiana, the Cajun culture, you know, everything that we have going on down here. Uh, and you, you, you put it best, I mean, this community will take the shirt off their back for anybody they know. And I think that's an opportunity for us uh, to, uh, you know, really re reciprocate that, okay? And, and again, it's consistency and showing up and doing it day in and day out. Yes. And I think we're doing that. But but this is where I go back to from that front. If, if I may. Yeah. This is a blue-collar community. Still is, has been, as long as we've ever been here. I mean, the Cajun people have been through the ringer for 400 years. So they expect that blue-collar work ethic. They respect that. And once they see it in the program that they root for, they're entrenched. And Billy Napier is that kind of guy. He runs that kind of program. Brian Maggard is that kind of guy. He runs that kind of program. He surrounds himself with those kind of people. And those kind of people push our brand forward every single day. And it's it's hard to get a Cajun man to say, okay, but when you do, he's for you all the time. And that's important.
in, in adding on to what Josh just said, it actually, bring, I, 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 brought, I, I just thought about it. And really the thing is too, like Josh said, we really haven't had a consistent winning tradition in football. I mean, baseball and softball, you see the fan support because of the consistency. Even in down years, fans still show up. But here's the thing about football. I think for a long time, our fan base, and this isn't a knock on the fans because I love our fans, but they want the success, but they also want things that are a little less expensive, a little more free. You know, I hear fans even till today, to this, to this day, when all the circumstances surrounding the success of the football program. Oh man, I remember when I used to be able to park by cage. Why do I have to have a pass? I remember I used to be able to park by Cajun Field 15 minutes before kickoff. But then I tell them, well, we were also two and nine and nobody was going to the games. And I think now, since you and Dr. Maggett have been here, you've created a structure. So the first thing you guys did, you raised certain prices of tailgates. You created supply and demand. You did certain things to wear but but it's, it's something we should have been doing years ago you know we had we never really had a yeah. consistent business model to follow that and I think what happened was the fans are still used to let's go bring our picnic blankets out and and, yeah. and, and enjoy the atmosphere without really having a structure behind it I'll clarify that we, we have not raised prices I'll put it out there from that and from tailgating I think that did happen before we arrived and um, we have not raised season ticket prices since we've gotten here as well that's been something we've been very intentional about trying to focus on is you know again when this venue changes there might be some details there that might look a little different um, but for now you know that's one thing that we haven't raised prices I think we did bring in a process and a way to measure kind of what we're doing but also revenue opportunities for us that didn't exist here four or five years ago right and so that's some of the things that we didn't, we wanted to capitalize on um, but to that point you know we, we, we approached you know the opportunity to make single game tickets fairly inexpensive as well and, and that's where, look, I, I think at some point you got to look back and understand that there is a value to the product that we're putting on that field, and it doesn't really matter the price right now. I mean, everything's pretty affordable whenever you look at it. Absolutely. We still need fans to show up, right? Absolutely. And that, that's the biggest piece is let's find avenues to where people are going to come out to those games and participate in a high level. And I don't know if it's necessarily a price issue, to be honest with you, man. Uh, to me, I look at it as I think people just need to, again, remember how fun it is to come out to Cajun games and to walk out of there with a W and a grin on your face, right? That's a fun time, okay? And that's that's such an enjoyable moment with family or friends. You know, you guys got, got you know, young kids, kids on the way, you know, you're still enjoying the the, uh, the luxury of the no kid life just yet, right? So I think you guys it's are still coming. enjoying that it's coming. in your own still ways. In, still enjoying the college student life. There you go. Look at that. That's right. So, uh, but from there, I think those are a lot of opportunities that we have to, to really, to really mope bring some momentum to the fan base to get back out there. I don't think it's a pricing issue. I don't. I think it's a perceived value, and I think that's where when fans get out there and enjoy some of those specific details, I think they're going to really have a good time. And particularly, we know this, when the renovation comes, that's going to add some value to that as well. But let's not wait, okay? Let's not wait for this, or let's not wait until uh, we win another conference, you know, championship, or win another bowl game, or you know, Billy turns down another job. Whatever that looks like, let's get out there now and have some fun. Right? I don't know what more, sure. what more do we need? I mean, like, what we're, we're an AP pre first time in school history AP preseason top right. 25 what more do we need and you're not, I mean you're not like 23 right? you're not, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, a, I'm a different breed because I'm younger than everybody sitting in this circle by at least six years and so the, my, my earliest memory of, of Cajun football was like 07 losing to McNeese and just the pain that everybody felt that night but like so so my thing is is I haven't seen 
if I was able to sit through that, those years where, you know, six and six was a hell of a year, to now, I mean, like I said, I guess I'm different because I'm going to show up no matter what. But like Jerry said, what more what more do people need to show up to Cajun Field? I mean, you've got some of the cheapest ticket prices around. You've got, correct me if I'm wrong, the cheapest concessions in the country. I mean, again, what? And not to mention a top 25 ranked football team on the field. Yeah, I think when we first got here, a lot of what people, because I think Jerry mentioned it earlier, there was, just summarize, apathy in the community around our football program and around the athletic department in general. I think we've broken through that barrier, okay? And I think we've found a place to where we have people that are beacons, like yourselves, that are out there and championing the great things that are happening. Um, and I think it takes time, right? It takes time to build culture. It takes, it takes time to build a culture of excellence. And a part of that is, are you ready to believe in it too, right? We want you to believe in it. But that takes time and we get that and that takes all of us out there, you know, really championing that, you know, waving the flag, you know, walking into the stores, wearing the logo, having some fun, promoting the great things on social media. We have ways and vehicles to reach people now that we didn't have. Shoot, when you started school in 2015, right? Uh, you know, these are things for us that I think we got a lot of opportunities to continue to get out there and do. But again, I think it goes back to consistency and people got to know the standards are standard and we're going to continue to show up and show out, right? We're going to have some fun. But again, we're only as strong as our community and our fan, fan partners will allow us to be, right? We need you there and, and I think it's we've broken through that barrier of apathy I think people are energized we're doing the things the right way in the classroom like the right way in the classroom now boys I'm just telling you yeah. you're doing the things the right way in the community the community service hours we have I mean we're averaging over a thousand hours like a month this is insane like this is great community service initiatives and giving back to our community, which Josh, you mentioned this, this community is all about service before self, okay? This is a blue-collar community. People give you the shirt off their backs. They're the most generous fan base I've ever been a part of. And I, I feel so special because you guys have greeted my wife, Mari, now our newborn, Chaney, and, and so wonderfully, and we're so appreciative to be a part of this community, right? Um, that you know We're reciprocating that as an athletics department at the university. And now we're getting to the point where, yeah, we're, we're that kind of last bullet. We're winning on the field, and we're not just winning. We're doing a dang good job, and we're doing it the right way, and you got a head football coach that loves being here in Lafayette, right? Like, loves it. Loves the quality of life. And not only him, but his wife and kids. Most importantly, right? right. Yeah, Allie and the three kids out there having fun, but also, you know, I'll say this, look guys, you guys go into an off-season, and you're typically going to lose 25 to 40% of your football staff, Okay. And roster in a lot of ways, you're losing roster now with the transfer portal and all these other things going on. You look at the retention that we're having on staff, and yeah, this offseason we had a lot of good guys take jobs with the New York, the New Giants, the, the, the New York Freak Giants. Rob Sale, come on, brother, right? But you replaced him with Jeff Norrie. This guy, I'm just telling you. He's getting phone calls from Power 5 schools all the time, right? You guys got Jeff Burris here. We have guys on our staff like Mike Desimo, who's right here. He's a Cajun guy, played football here, one of the best quarterbacks we've ever had. That dude wants to be here as long as he can be. The limited turnover that we have on that staff has also been pretty been remarkable for me to work in partnership with Coach Napier day in, day out on that process. And I think that speaks volumes to what Lafayette offers, but also how much our staff and student-athletes believe in what we can accomplish here, okay? From a recruiting perspective, 
perspective, the state of Louisiana is fertile recruiting ground, boys. Yeah, and we're right off Always has been. I-10, right? We are right off I-10, right? We're going to dominate that space, okay? And we're going to let it be known. Stay home. Come see us. And we've done a great job of, of setting the border up, you know, if you will, around the state and keeping those guys that typically would leave the state to go to other places. We're doing all the right things. We're recruiting locally. we got great talent just from right here in Acadiana. You know, shoot over to New Orleans. Shoot over to even just parts of, you know, just the other parts of the state. We got a great roster that reciprocates also our fan base. So let's get out there and show them support, right? Let's let's do this more than wins and losses. We've done our part. Let's now get in. The, let's get in and go do this together now. And it's it's a partnership, and that's the way I look at it with our fans, our donors, our sponsors, whoever's involved. This is a partnership, and we're in this together for sure. So you mentioned culture change, which we all know is about as difficult as a job you can take on, especially in, again, a situation where people don't know how to win. We don't know how to win. Our fan base, they don't understand how to be a winner. We've never had a winner. Uh, players had to be, well, I say players, roster had to be changed over. Staff had to be totally overhauled. In your time here, okay, I'm very interested. What area of investment, whether it be time, effort, money, I mean, whatever, whatever the case may be, what area of investment has shown the most value? What have you gotten the most dividend out of? Um, it could be anything, whether it be uh, time in the community, reaching out to businesses, um, really honing in on the football program to, to be the driver that we know it is. Where have you seen the most amount of return since you've been in Lafayette? That is a really good question, Josh. Um, that is a really good question because I can answer that so many different ways because, you know, we try to... How much to, time you got? We, got, we can keep going here. <laughs> we, we've been in an opportunity... We've, we've put ourselves in a position where we can talk about ROI in a lot of different areas of this department, whether it be growth of ticket sales, growth of, do growth of donations. Uh, but again, I'll also sit here and tell you, we're not done yet, right? We've done, we've done okay. We got to keep going, boys. Like, I'm talking double down. Sure. You want to talk about a comparison between us and the rest of the Sunbelt Conference? We're not leading the pack in those spaces. I'm just going to tell you. We got we to gotta dominate in every avenue of, of com competition up here, right? That's not just on the field. That's academically. That's socially. That is absolutely in revenues. Okay, I'm just telling you. When you're talking about even looking at the American Athletic Conference, and I'll get back to your question here in a moment. You're talking about going into a conference where Cincinnati and Central Florida have budgets of nearly $65 million. That's more than twice of what we're operating with, okay? We're about to roll up into Austin, Texas, who has a $225 million operating budget, okay? They spend more on football than we do as an athletic department, okay? So, so that's right. So from that end, we have an opportunity here to continue to message that, to make sure people know, I promise you, Every dollar counts. So yes, we've seen growth in those areas. So those probably won't be my answer just yet. I think those answers in, in a year or two from now, I, I, I hope to say there. I think the biggest piece and where we've made probably the biggest investment are the absolute relationships, okay? I think we came to an athletic department and I, I will never criticize any any other leaderships or any of those aspects, right? Circumstances are circumstances. You don't have to. I said it, just for the record. And by the way, relationships is a word that we use on this podcast 
weekly. We talk yeah. about relationships every time we record. Relationships are crucial. It's the it's the most valuable currency any of us will ever have, and that's where I'll probably sit here and tell you that's not just an external sense, right? From donors, community leaders, businesses, state legislators, whatever that is. That's also internally. Okay, our athletic department has been able to foster such a strong environment that not only can we can recruit people away from great programs to come be here, but also we can convince them from going back to Power 5 schools. And I think that in itself is showing the strength in the relationships and the belief in what we're actually putting together here. And, uh, and I say that uh, I say that lovingly. I know we got a lot of opportunities and ways to go with relationships in this community. There's doors we haven't knocked on yet, okay? So I'm not saying we, we don't have a ways to go here, right? But I promise you, that's probably the one thing I would say from an ROI perspective is we have really been intentional of building those authentic relationships and getting out and visiting with people, but also cultivating that same concept internally because a part of growing an athletic department, yes, Brian Maggard is a great AD. Yes, Dr. Savile is a the, the best president in the country, okay? But I'm also telling you this, we have such a dang good staff that that is making a big difference. And I'm not just talking about coaches. I'm talking about guys like Josh Bruner, where I'm telling you, are turning Josh, jobs down at Baylor. Okay? Josh Bruner's the man. Heather Williams, okay, our graphic designer, turning job down from Power 5 schools left and right because people believe in what we're building here. And I think as we can all can speak with conviction and doing it the right way and we're doing it together, I think that's going to be the real difference maker here is the people and the relationships that we build and cultivate. That That is culture to me, Josh. And I think that's the biggest ROI that I can say that we've had so far. Uh, but I do hope those revenue pieces do follow. Okay. All right, Nico. Let's go back to the the flowy hair. There we go. Days. Put put on put on your quarterback glasses. Next Saturday in Austin, Texas. What happens? You know, for me, I I, I think you're seeing two highly talented football programs. Okay. Yes, our team. It's a pretty well-oiled machine, and I promise you, they will be the most disciplined team on that on that Saturday, and they'll probably be the most well-conditioned team. Those are two things that we've been intentional about as a football program, really dialing in on. I think one, one thing that's underrated right now is how good our defense will be, but also, I'm just telling you, boys, our special teams is, a, is something to not be messed with here, okay? And turnovers, we can sit here and talk Vegas numbers all day long, right? I hear I hear it all the time. We keep chipping away. We keep chipping away, and we're down into single digits, right? I, I look. I'm not a big I don't pay attention to that stuff, but I'm telling you the one thing Vegas doesn't focus on are turnovers. But for us on that end, I promise you, I promise you, those two areas are going to be special. On top of that, I promise you our offense is going to be pretty fun to watch this year. You lost some high-powered guys and, and Trey and um, and Eli bounced into the league last year. I think that was a great opportunity for those two guys to go and, and shoot. They're all performing right now really well. I mean, hopefully, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we got Ray out there who, who got injured a little bit too, but uh, hopefully he can bounce back healthy. But from that end, I think you on all three phases of the ball, you're going to be very disciplined, detail-oriented. We're going to really button up and not have very many chinks in the armor, as you say. And then from there, I think you're going to see two teams they're going to duke it out for 60 minutes, and we're going to have some fun, man. And I know our plans to go in there and create some chaos, okay? And we're going to come out of that and uh, hopefully with some smiles on our face, and we're rolling into September 11 against Nichols, ready to rock Cajun Field. Absolutely. Nico Yanko has been our guest live at Chops Mid-City Smokehouse in Lafayette. Nico, man, we appreciate you so much for, uh, for taking the time to uh, sit down with us and... I don't know about you, but we're ready for one hell of a football season. 
That's right. No, we're pumped up. And thank you guys for having me on. And if, if those who are listening, and if you're here tonight, if you haven't joined RCAF or bought those season tickets, please let us know. We'll be hanging out for a minute. So jump on board. Yeah. For everybody in attendance, the first RCAF member, the first new RCAF member gets around on Rage and Review. So if you are, if you are not an RCAF member, you need to talk to this man right here, the handsome man of the striped polo. And... Uh, Join RCAF. That's awesome. And like we said, we, we want to op- open up you know the opportunity for you to invest your time, talent, and treasures, right? It's not just the financials. We want you to get involved with our Go Lead Leadership Initiative, mentoring student athletes and getting involved and giving back. There's so many great vehicles going on. And, and again, I appreciate you guys allowing me the opportunity to visit and, and share the great things going on with you guys today. And keep it up. Keep rallying the troops. We need you. Go Cajuns. Absolutely. We appreciate you, Nick. Uh, we'll take a break here. Rage and Review is live at Chops Mid-City Smokehouse, 117 South College Road in Lafayette. We'll take a break. Don't go anywhere. Schilling Distributing Company, Acadiana's top alcohol distributor for over 70 years, has been a proud supporter of Louisiana athletics for many of those years. Now, they've kindly decided to become the exclusive distributing sponsor of the Rage and Review podcast. This is just another chapter in Schilling Distributing's rich history of giving back to the Lafayette community. Starting as an Anheuser-Busch exclusive distributor, they're now expanded to include local brews for your sipping pleasure. Schilling services over 1,500 local businesses throughout the Acadiana area, employing 160 Ragin' Cajun residents, and they boast over 1,400 years of combined experience. Corporately headquartered right here in Lafayette at 2901 Moss Street, Schilling Distributing encourages Cajun Nation to enjoy their beverages responsibly and reminds you to download the Liquid Finder app today. Acadiana business owners, are you looking for custom solutions from local professionals that understand your business needs? Maybe you're looking to streamline your processes, become more efficient, and achieve elevated peace of mind? Utilizing and combined 30 years of experience in the financial and technology fields, the Vaulted Security Team is ready to assist you with reaching your goals. From credit card processing, internet and phone services, website hosting and design, to hosted cloud, even digital marketing and recovery software, Vaulted Security can do it all. Here's a message from Solutions Specialist, Anna Bourgeois. Hi, I'm Anna Bourgeois, your Solutions Specialist, and it's my goal to understand how we can make your business run more efficiently while increasing profits. I'm very passionate about doing business genuinely. In the merchant services industry and other business areas, it's hard to find a partner that you can trust without question. I'm here to change that perception. Give me a chance to show you what true partnership is all about. Contact Anna today at 337-210-4272 or email Anna at Vaulted Security. Welcome back to Region Review, live at Shops Mid-City Smokehouse, 117 South College Road, Lafayette, Louisiana, and we are privileged to be sitting down with the man of the hour, the owner and managing partner of Mid-City Smokehouse, Mr. Ryan Paco. And not only is Ryan a restaurant owner, he's also a real estate mogul. 
He said kind, kind of. of. Kind of. No, it's, uh, that's been my day job for the last 20 years. But, um, you know, now it's, uh, you know, we're sitting in the side hustle, the midlife crisis, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it still is my day job, and, and I'm very proud of what I've accomplished in that regard. And it really afforded this to happen. Yeah, no, no question about it. While we're here, man, let, let's talk about Chops. How did this kind of come about? What made you want to do this? And your, your first year, year and a month or so, how, yeah. how's it going? It's going great. Um, it, it really is. I couldn't be more proud of what we brought to to this market. Um, you know, it, it, the, the community needed a little bit of this I, in, in my appreciation. You know, I, uh, I worked my way through high school and college in the restaurant business and, and got out of it to do real estate for the last 20 years. But, you know, once real estate, I mean, once restaurants in your blood, you, you can't get rid of it. Um, and the opportunity finally presented itself after kind of looking for the opportunity for about a decade. And, and I told my wife we we're going to do it. And, and Tracy's like, no, you're crazy. Let's, let's not. And I said, no, I'm crazy. We're gonna, right? And, and, and so we did it. And, and, you know, part of it is truly a midlife crisis. Part of it is a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, part of it is it, uh, investment diversification. It's, it's all of those things. You know, the, the, the prophecy piece is when I travel, which is extensively for day job, but also for chasing sports I, I do a lot of chasing sports i'll do a lot of chasing beer i do a lot of chasing whiskey that's kind of hobby abc right um and so when when i travel i try to track down places like this uh, i lived in new orleans for a bunch of years and every great neighborhood there has the hangout the food the both whatever we didn't have it you know my wife's a huge dog person i became one later um and, and there was a little spot to bring our dog outside of first and maybe another spot or two and so I said look look, nobody's doing what I think this town wants and where I want to drink my beer my whiskey and eat my barbecue so I'm just going to do it um it was scary as hell but we're sitting here a year later and I couldn't be more proud thanks Joe appreciate that uh no Ryan's a man after my own my own hard chasing sports and beer in his uh in his spare time and work time it's my kind of stuff there uh you created something special here. Everybody recognizes it. I certainly have. Uh, from the first time that uh, you opened the doors, I was in the building. Uh, I immediately recognized the need that you saw before all this came together, and I'm very appreciative to have a place like this in this town because we needed it. Um, I'm curious how how does being a business ambassador for the Raging Cajuns, obviously you're an alumni, obviously you, you have an affinity for the brand, you have an affinity for the program, and um, I'm curious as to how does, that, how does that continue to motivate you day in and day out, fly the flag out front of your, of your business? How, how, do, how does that motivate Ryan Pickup? Oh, it, it, it's kind of a drug. I hate to say it that way, but it, it, it truly is. You know, I, I was like you guys and went to school here. And I'll be honest, I could count on a couple of fingers how many sporting events I, I made it when I was uh, in, in school. I didn't have time. My job didn't allow me to do it. But as soon as I got out, I jumped into it. And once you get a little bit, you get more, right? And, and you do it, then you become a $50 RCF donor, then it's 100 then it's 250 then it's 10000 And you just kind of keep going, right? You just, you get you get sucked into that piece. And so, you know, I think you kind of asked me two questions. You know, how do you get there? And, and part of it is just the, the passion, the piece that you just, you want to see the success. And then the other portion is once you get involved, you don't know how to get out of it, right? And so being a, a real estate developer, broker, you know, 
that was not a very outward facing opportunity for me to really invest in the program outside of Ryan and Tracy personally, right? Right. right. So with, with the restaurant, we could do something differently. You know, we, we can we can sponsor the fourth inning in softball and baseball games. You're going to see our logo for replays at, at Our Lady Lords, you know, Cajun Field this year, right? You're going to see those things. Um, and so my hope is that I'm leading by example. You know, we, we, we've got to cultivate that pride, that, that get on the bandwagon kind of thing. Um, you know, I'd probably say some restaurant peers think I'm crazy for as much as I've invested in my first year into UL, but I think that's the winning recipe. So maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right, we'll figure it out. And I guess maybe to clear it up, do you see yourself as an ambassador for the brand while being a member of the Lafayette business community? I hope so. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not a dude who says, look at me. That's not my jam. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a doer, and, and, and you'll see what I'm doing, and if it works, then you might follow. Um, you know, but I've been on the RCA board for a long time, and now I'm on the executive committee, and, and you know, I really get to see how the sausage is made, and I know where the deficiencies are, and I, I know where the opportunities are. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to push it as hard as I can, and, and you know, it, it's a lot about asking sometimes. Before we dive into the next question, my man Steven behind the bar, can Matt get another drink, please? The the joy the joys of a live podcast. The joy. Hey, don't don't you call me out. Don't you call me out for drinking my Dr Pepper. Well, there's I'm, some good beers on the table too now, but we'll, we'll let you do your Pepper. Yeah, it's all right. no, I'm not a I'm not a, I'm not an alcohol person, but you know, one one thing that, that Josh brought up that that I vividly agree with him on. Thank you, sir is that what's good for UL is good for the city of Lafayette Absolutely. and vice versa. Yeah, 100%. What's good for the city of Lafayette is good for UL. This restaurant is a perfect example, and you brought it up. Something that Lafayette has been lacking for years and years now, something that you, you saw a need for and wanted to provide. In, in your mind, in what ways does Chops Mid-City Smokehouse benefit UL? Um, look, I mean... I'm going to answer it a little bit differently than, than you may think. So I've been proud a lot in, in this endeavor, but you know, our first sports season was fall of last year, which was goofy because of COVID restrictions and all the things, right? My, my favorite part of last year was because we couldn't tailgate the way we wanted to, which was not my favorite. I was able to get out of the stadium a hell of a lot faster and, and, and come here and, and drink and watch the games that were after us. Man, I remember after Snyder hit the field goal, I got here pretty early and sat on the back deck. And then Maggard showed up, and then Lee showed up, and then all these cars with UL plates showed up, and like the whole place was full of red, right? As Vermilion everywhere. Like that was really cool because those people, and we were in our infancy, and people weren't even coming out yet, but they all said, we're going to go to that place after this game. And they did it after all the games and before the games. That was really cool. And where did you do that before? I mean, there's some other restaurants around. that They're cool, but I, I'm not sure they've got the TVs on the back deck slinging Legends. the beer we're slinging. Right? Yeah. I mean, and I, look, I love those guys. Jared's a great dude. He's a great ambassador for the Cajuns program. And there's room for both of us. Totally. For sure. It's a different thing. For sure. You can't have enough in mind. Yeah. So... You are, I mean, it's pretty obvious. You you and Tracy are huge UL supporters. Uh, you're very present in the community. Like you said, you, you, you have an affiliation with RCAF. You donate money. 
you go on road trips. How did that all start? Man, it, it, it truly started with once I was done with school and I built a schedule that allowed me to do some some uh, sporting events at the Cajuns level, then I did it, right? And it's not just Cajuns. I mean, I've been a Saints season ticket holder since I think 01. I can count on me fingers I've missed of those games. Like, I hit them all. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder to all four Cajun sports. I've been that way for a long time, um, pretty much from the get-go. You know, I, I, I do our away games and everything else. It, it, it's I work really hard, and I, I try to have a, a passion that allows me to go and, and relieve some of that work stress and it's sports and beer and whiskey and travel and that's just man i hate to keep it that simple but it's truly that simple you know you you bring up traveling to cajun sporting events and anybody that follows you on social media or knows you on a personal level knows that you're at almost every single away game last december you and your your lovely bride tracy made the trip up to myrtle beach for the conference championship game and we call it the empty trip to COVID Carolina. Sure. Um, so in, in your time up in Myrtle Beach, a.k.a. COVID Carolina country, what, what was that experience like, you know, getting up there, getting mentally, as a diehard fan, you know, you have to mentally prepare yourself for games. What was that experience like? And in your opinion, did Coastal purposely get out of the conference championship game? Yeah, so you're... you're the first part of this was easy to answer. The back part is I probably know too much to, to say the, the, the right thing. Um, so before you go, did you file a Freedom of Information Act request? Because we did. No. I, <laughs> You're damn right we did. No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't, but I had enough inside knowledge that helped me make my own, draw my own conclusions, right? Um, to, to really give you the full story, we were actually here the night before we were scheduled to fly out, we had a uh, one of our um, specialty ticket only dinners, eighty five bucks, short ribs, the whole off menu deal, and um, and and Dr. Maggard couldn't be here. He he subscribed to those in the past because he was already up with the team, and he knew a few folks here were going to the game, and so he actually reached out when it got canceled, and I thought he was messing with me. I, I, we, we bantered back and forth for a little bit. I'm like, this this is not real. He's like, I'm telling you. You can come if you want. By the time you get here, we'll be gone. There's no game. I'm like, I, and so I had people flanking me who were also going to the game, and they started canceling their flights. And Tracy and I are like, hell no, we're going. Like, uh, one, we travel a lot during COVID, or travel a lot regularly and didn't during COVID. So that I said, I just got to get going. And two, I wanted to go put my eyes on it. And I want to get my own, my own pulse on it, right? So we flew up, and uh, we had our, our gear on loud and proud. And... Um, it was an interesting dynamic, you know. If I can dog them for a second, I, I'm not sure half the people we talked to knew there was a game being played. To be honest with you, you can always dog closer. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Um, and then there was a passionate group who, who tried to find out where I was to give me a whole bunch of crap because I was giving them a whole bunch of crap, um, and, and that was fine. Like we even took the Uber trip out to their their stadium to like put our eyeballs on it, and it was just strange. They were. There were no banners. There were no portalettes. There were no signs. There were no barricades. Like I, I, I realized things can get picked up in 24 hours, but it was it was never gonna happen. It was really eerie, man. And and some and some dudes tweeted me some things or some pictures of some signs. I'm like, man, I'm I'm glad you got some plausible deniability, but it was just really vacant. Um, and and, and what. You may or may not know, I, I did stash one of our hotel wash rags in our in Tracy's purse when we were just cruising around that day. 
and they have the the chicken um, that's kind of between their baseball and football stadium. And I I wasn't going to deface it because that's that's irresponsible and not cool. But I, I did I did put the towel right outside of its tail and took a picture like it was a white flag ready to come out. And there was another group that saw us and they really weren't that cool with it. And I was like, look, it's just a picture. We didn't do anything. And so I've got the picture. It's all good. If you ever want it, let me know. Here, here's the legal disclaimer. Rage Interview LLC always supports trashing of the Coastal Carolina Beach chickens. Touche. Always. You have to use the disclaimer you used for me for Ryan. Wait. In no way oh, yeah. The, the, the views of Ryan Paco and Chops Mitzi Smokehouse in no way represent the views of Rage Interview LLC. <laughs> You see, we, we call them the uh, COVID Carolina Astroclairs. Astroclairs. They they, uh, they earned that nickname last last season, and it was it was very uh, redeeming uh, seeing that seeing their field goal get blocked against Liberty in the bowl game. Yeah. Uh, you know, they kept bragging about how great they had it. They took the picture with the trophy. Even they're like, "Oh, hey, Cajun fans, do you have a trophy?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but we're not taking a picture with it. Right. <laughs> you know, the, we the, actually have to the, earn the trophy." The bleach blonde mullet wearers. That's what their mascot should. Be. It was it was uh, it was pretty soft, man. I, I'll be honest. They, they <laughs> on the on the practice field, no less. Good. Yeah, you're good. Thank you. But anyways, okay. So enough about that. Uh, we could talk all day about that fun escapade that you and Tracy made down to Myrtle Beach. I'm sure there was a lot more to it, but we'll just leave it at that. We'll keep it PG, right? Sure. And there were the Cajun fans we ran into, and they were they were pretty pissed too. Um, but it was like overall. Yeah, a nice community. We drank a lot. We were, we were gluttonous, and, and that was fine. And, it's a great place. Yeah. I, I just I find it funny because the, the fact that Myrtle Beach is such a great place, nobody seems – everybody wants to go to the beach instead of the coastal games. Uh, they don't really have much attendance going for them. You notice I just – I dogged him once again, but anyway. It's Jerry's version of dogging. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I keep it rated PG, you know. <laughs> oh, Jerry, you're so nice, I'm buddy. so nice. But anyways, um, so because you're present around Cajun Athletics uh, last year, you really got to experience the success of, of the football program as well as baseball. Uh, I've seen you guys at all, almost all of the baseball games. You have your box on, yep. the, on the first yep. baseline, um, especially with football. Talk a little bit about your, your you know, with football finishing 15th in the country, co-champions of the Sun Belt. Uh, they also won the bowl game. And then baseball winning the West for the first time in three years. Uh, there was some success on both ends. Talk a little bit about that for from a fan's perspective. Uh, what was your favorite moments from from those, those, uh, those two sports? Yeah, you know, um, obviously we were hopeful with that Iowa State game. And then you take care of business and it's a whole different trajectory on what you think the season can be, right? You know, you have the, the Snyder field goal, which, which created a, you know, even for the casual fan, they love watching Magger trip over himself in the end zone. Like, that was a big deal. Oh, yes. Um, and and we, we watched it on replay here on our phones a bunch of times in front of him. It was, it was fantastic. Um, you know, and, and then I remember it was, a, it was a really cold night here whenever we were playing the app game, the rainy game yep. there, yep. and we had a crew that said, we're not coming inside, we're, we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna deal with the elements like like our boys are in, in App State. Um, and, and, and that was that was fun. Well, celebrating that here was fun. Um, you know, we, we, I went to the bowl game, and we, we, we flew in the night before with, with a good little crew, and we, we had fun. Like, it was, it was a year where your expectations were high, but they were also achievable, and then those two things meshed, and it was just—it was really cool. It really was great. You know, in, in baseball, you mentioned—you know—I'm I'm a silver linings guy. 
we were able to move from our, our tickets behind home plate and, and get into a box because there was a non-renewal and I was on a spot where I could I could have that opportunity. And, and it became a very social environment, you know, and for me, business-wise, both not only here, there, I've also been employees at some games and I have clients that come to games and I have my friends that share the box with me. Um, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a really good year. Um, you know, the weather was as good as it's ever been for baseball. I can't remember, I don't think anybody passed out in the stands this year for the first time in forever, right? Like the, the, the firemen got bored. Um, <laughs> But it, it, it was a it was a great season. Like, and I'm a softball dude. I mean, we another kind of silver lining. We have our great seats that are you know right in the shade, but but still behind home plate. But because of capacity, I was able to get behind right behind the plate, like on the on the brick wall. And so for Tracy, myself, and my son Armand, you know, to, to have a year in that experience was was fun. And, and those girls are damn good, and we you know, we travel with them too. It's it was it was a good year, and you know, unfortunately or fortunately, the expectations are higher this year for everybody. Coming at you live from Chops Mid City Smokehouse on South College, Ryan. You know, we're ten days away from the season opener in Austin. Number twenty-one Texas Longhorns against the number twenty-three Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Big Twelve primetime on Fox three thirty in the afternoon. What? I had a brain fart. How does, how does Ryan, how, how do you feel heading into Austin and are you going to be in attendance? Yeah, so it, it, it's 10 days away from football. It's, uh, it's eight days away from me getting on a, on, a, on, a, on a drive out there, right? And we got a crew coming, um, a, a solid crew. And we know there's other, there's other folks that are coming too. So I'm ready to get to Austin. Uh, we've got a nice steak dinner planned on, on Thursday night, and I've got an itinerary set up for for Saturday, for Friday, and then same thing on Saturday. And we, we plan on probably getting to the stadium area around two ish. We're gonna eat and drink and be gluttonous before that. Got a little spot we'll probably recruit some folks to. But I, I'm excited. I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna make a ball game of it. You know, uh, I'm gonna deviate from the question and kind of come back to it for a second, but. I was a part of the mentoring program with the Cajuns on their senior side, Patrick Mensa, who very well could be one of our, our starting safeties this year. If not, he's going to get a lot of PT. Um, he spent a, a week with me in the office, and then even after that, we kind of felt like we were breaking up when the week was technically over, and he's come back a few times after just to, to continue to learn and, and bond and whatnot. Um, you know, Levi's been here um, on the Elathia campaign, and we've had some chats, and I'm saying those dudes are squared up. They're ready to go. Like, they're, they're very focused, not pompous. Not overconfident, just straight focused. Um, you know, a takeaway about lunch with Levi, he was like, man, the defense is beating us up. Now, this was weeks ago, but he said the defense is beating us up. And that made me feel good because I know the offense will come back around. And, and we had a, a quarterback club advanced team uh, event here a couple Mondays ago, and that's for the group that gives $1,000 and above to the quarterback club specifically to buy the suits for the players that – walk down Reinhardt, right, for the Cajun walk, but more importantly, go to their first interviews in those suits, right? And there's a, there's a group of us that say, that's what we want to do. We want to buy these suits specifically. And so all the coaches that are in here, and, you know, they're thankful for the group that does that, but you get one-on-one -on -one time with them, you know, and uh, and they, they, they give you the honest truth because they're just normal dudes. And I'm telling you, they're ready. They're ready to go play ball. Real quick, if somebody wants to get the ball. No, go ahead. If somebody wants to get involved with the suit project, how do they do that? Um, try me down. I, I'm the easiest spot. Um, there's a couple of us that, that really kind of spearhead that thing. But, you know, it's, it, it's, it's when I heard you guys talking to Nickel earlier, there were some open-ended questions, and, and there were some pretty good closed answers. And some answers you can't close all the way, but you know, one of them was giving. How do, you, how do you get that lower group in, right? 
And I can go on a tangent on that because I do see how the sausage is made. I see where our deficiencies are. But you know, that's something I found we've been pretty good at is when I can go and say, hey, I need you to get $1,000 for this. This matters for this thing. It's not just going into a pool or whatever. And like the pool matters. And, and you know, I'm gonna try to say out the weeds, but you know, this culture of giving was to get, right? It was like, how many shirts do I get for 500 bucks? Right. What's my parking pass for a thousand? Like, it's not that, it, you're giving, and if you get something back, cool. you're welcome, right. right? Like, you're giving to make the student life better. The reason Billy's here is because he has the tools to work with. He's got the SPAC, right? He's got the nutrition program. He's got the assistant coaches. His, our Sunbelt peers don't have that. That's why we're getting the kids coming in. That's all RCAF, it is. Like, the coaches, the assistant coaches, we see to, to, to split those dollars of what the state can give and what they need to keep that quality and caliber of coach, it's RCAF. It, it, it breaks my heart when I see more license plates with higher numbers driving around town and we have RCAF members. Like, if you got a license plate, you better find 100 bucks for RCAF. Like, it's just not that hard. Let the man preach. Me, next? All right. Well, that's hard to follow because I, I kind of wanted to rant with him. Should we just should we just wrap the interview up now? <laughs> no, I mean that was uh, he's right. Yeah, no, he's he's not wrong. We're at, all. at 1,500 donors right now. It's it's embarrassing. It, it's 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 we got to find a way to do better. And we will. I mean, look, I heard y'all also talking about those years. I think it was you who said towards in your collegiate career we had those 25 and 30 thousand games, you know, yep. attendance games. Those were fun, man. Like, you know, when HUD brought in the blackout and the whiteout and the things, like, it got people engaged. But it, it's real simple, man. And, and it goes back to what I've done for 20 years in the, in the retail development world, right? People want to touch people. People want to be where other people are. Like, I, I love if people bitch about traffic. No, no, no. People are the happiest in traffic because they know they're where everybody else is. They'll never admit that. But right. think about it. If you walk into a restaurant, you're the only person there. You say to yourself, why am I here? Nobody else is. I'm not coming back, right? Or if you're in a restaurant and the 30-minute wait, you're like, eh, it's 30 minutes, but I'm going to get a drink. I'm going to hang out and look at people, right? It, it all goes to where are the people. So it, it, it's, it's a very basic 49-51% kind of flip of is it cool or is it not? And as soon as it gets cool again, which there's no excuse for it not to be cool, watch out. Doors are coming off. Agree 100%. Joe's, Joe's sitting here flashing us a bottle of Jameson. I mean, I'm personally more of a Fireball or Crown Royal kind of guy. Yeah, Fireball. But, I mean, I'll, if you're buying me a shot of Jameson, I'm not going to say no. You want two Jameson? You can't I'm, I'm mix good. it with Dr. I'm Pepper, though. No, I'm going to drink it straight like a man. About to go sideways on a Wednesday night. And, and this is why you do all sides at bars. That's right. Right, right. So you mentioned development, and it's one of my – this is one of the biggest questions I want to ask you. All right. You've been in the middle of several big projects in Lafayette. People know your name because of that particular industry, right? We talk about regularly how much potential is in the sports complex, the property that surrounds it, how much we haven't capitalized it, capitalized on it over the years. My question to you is, what would you like to see happen at that corner of, of paradise for us? And what do you think is realistic? Well, so you're right. Like, we're land rich. There's, there's no doubt that we're land rich, uh, much more than a lot of universities. On the athletic side, the campus side, is, it's, it's tight, right? Um, mixed use is the right answer. Um, I think 
I've been to 18 NFL stadiums, uh, Baker's dozen, MLB, NBA, you know, a handful of, more than a handful of collegiate stadiums. But even when I travel to an NFL stadium, it's, it's not because I'm observing the stadium and want to understand how it works, how it functions, how it flows, right? If there's a collegiate town, there's a college in that town, I'm, I'm going. And most NFL towns are collegiate towns, right? And the best campuses, you don't know as a consumer where the line on paper is. And what I mean by that is where public investment is and where private investment starts and how those two things kind of commingle. And when you don't know that, you're winning because the private investor is not gonna build something that they can't monetize. And they're gonna choose how they merchandise the project. Are they monetizing students or general public or young professionals? Like, what is it? I mean, I remember walking the Arizona State campus and they've got a theater, effectively like the Grand, that is across from their business building. And so like, you can leave class, have a two hour break, catch a flick and walk back into your next class. Like. And there's a restaurant, a beer bar, and a brewery all night. Like, it, the, Wait, you, I want in on that. You just well, that, they have a they have a great issue with their graduation because of some of this. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's too much fun. There, there's like, there's got to be a breaking point. And and, and there is. I, I I walked Vanderbilt for the second time um, earlier this year. You know, and, and they've got a very institutional feeling campus. You know, it, it's cool that baseball and football stadiums back up to a single entrance that go to both of them. But yet it's, it's two blocks away. You get a Nashville hot chicken and bars and, you know, and it's not just college kids at those bars, right? Like, so that was the long answer of mixed use, right? There needs to be a residential piece that's not just collegiate kids, it's young professionals who haven't ready to graduate from that environment. And there needs to be a retail spot where if you don't want to deal with setting up a tent in 100 degree weather, you're going to go sit at a bar and drink and then walk over a game time. You know, but it also goes back to the new stadium, right? The Our Lady of the Lord's um, Cajun Field. Uh, I feel very, very uh, grateful that Dr. Magrath put me on on the committee, on the design committee for that program, that, that, that whole process. You know, and well, I guess it was a couple of Thursdays ago, it was a marathon from eight o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon. It was exhausting um, talking about where we start, where we go, and, and how you get all the pieces that you want um, with the dollars that you have. You know, there's a, there's a lot of alignment, but it, it, it's gonna be hard. Um, but it, it was it was it was it goes back to the what does the consumer want right so there's a mixed use piece out there which is a whole different investment strategy and UL has some arms to do that and and, and I'll I'll tell you I'm involved in some non-athletic campus stuff that they're working on that's going to be proof and concept for them okay. to understand that but, you know but it goes back to the stadium having a draw for again if you know if that if the stadium happens before that does which it probably will. A guy who says, I don't want to tailgate all day long and set up a tent and get sweaty with charcoal, but I can pull up at noon, take an elevator up to the stadium club, watch all the games, and have a full bar in front of me. It, it's, it goes back to how do we get people to stand? we got to sell them something they want. Right. So assuming that the jewel of the complex is in place, and I'm talking about Our Lady of Lords Stadium, using some landmarks that our fans can relate to, what does Ryan Pecos think we need to implement? Is it is it a is it a walk-ons in the right field of of T at the T? 
is it is it uh, you know they opened up the table at the Cajun Dome, which I think could be an absolute. It could be a huge asset to that program. I mean, from selling advertisements to having events. How can we better use that space? How can we better open up? Maybe it's a Raising Cane's in, in right field. Sure, yeah. That can be open 24-7 yeah. or, or, well, not 24-7, but but not just on game days. Right, yeah. They, they, there's only how six. Do we monetize, how do we monetize all of our major attractions in the complex and make it 360 days a year, not just game day. And and another thing I want to bring up what Josh just said is it's easy revenue, right? So like the Sun Belt, for example, we don't get a 10, 12, 15, 30 million dollar TV contract that these bigger conferences have, but this can compensate for that. If you sure. put some type of restaurant or bar and grill that can be open more than just five days out the year for games or six days out the year, that's easy revenue that the school can get a share of, the athletic department can get a share of, I mean, I'm just looking at it from a way to compensate for, say, because we're not in the SEC, we're not a P5, where you can make up for that. Well, what you're asking is how do we get creative, right? Yes. Right, the yeah. real estate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have all, real estate. All, all I'm going to say is that a Chops Mid-City Smokehouse at MLT Moore Field sounds pretty damn good to me. <laughs> right? I, I, I would say hold your breath, but it may not be for long, right? Like... No, I, I got to be careful how I, how, how I leverage things. But it, wait, wait, wait a second! No, there's no news being broken. <laughs> there, 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 there's just uh, there's just opportunities to be vetted, right? We'll go that route. We'll go that route. No, I mean I I, I was I was with Dr. Maggard um, uh, a couple weeks ago on the east side of Cajun Field because I think there's some opportunity there. I, I don't even know if you guys realize when That's you walk true. in in a couple of weeks, it's going to look different than it did last year, right? And it, it, it's little victories. It's baby steps. And, and so there's some opportunity to monetize some some real estate that's inside the complex. I mean, I remember we'll, we'll stick with Nashville and Vanderbilt and, and walking around. Now, I do every every city has got a stadium. I'm going to hit it, right? I'm going to figure it out. And, like, and that's why I'm on the committees because I know how they function. Um, and, and they've got their little minor league team there, and there was a bar that was adjacent to the park, and I could tell quickly that it, was, it had a, a second floor to it, and I said, well, this is going to overlook the park. They would not have got my money had they not overlooked the park, but I wanted to go in there and overlook the park, and so I did, and what's crazy is during that session, I started texting some of our folks at home, like, you know what they're doing in their offseason? The, the, the team was away that weekend, Dudes like us can rent the park for a hundred bucks for an hour, and we go do BP with some of their field techs, and they had their name on the scoreboard, and you felt like you were special, and you were shagging the balls, you weren't hitting. So I'm like, we're going to implement this. Like, let's turn all this into money. So we're, we're talking about those things. We're talking about part of the east side because it's not coming down. What can we potentially convert there that is open 365, right? Not not 24, but you know, and. and because you want to create habits, right? In, in, in my shopping center development career, you want consumer habits. I want you to get in your car, say, I'm hungry. Put your key in and say, I don't know where I'm going. But all of a sudden, you just go that direction, right? You just, that's where you're going because there's something there. Right. Um, and, and those are the opportunities we have. And, and the leadership we've got top down appreciates that it's now. Now we have to get creative, Jerry. Yeah. We got to get creative right now. Yeah, yeah. Everything you're saying is, is the, a sentiment that we have been sharing on this podcast for almost four years now. Um, 
I, I think that one of the, one of the biggest things that could happen to this university is the renovation of Cajun Field that is coming. I don't know. Do you have any? Yeah, you have anything to? I mean, the, when, the, when, the, when can there, we expect the, there, there's the major? A, there's a goal, and then you know you got to hit the goal. But I and I don't know if this is inside baseball or not. But I I, I think the. the it's great to have goals. I mean, the goal is to continue this design process that we're in now. Um, the goal is to get through permitting before the 22 season. And then 22, a lot of fans will be displaced because we're under construction. The goal is to cut a ribbon in, in August of 23 and, and be able to walk in there. Like, there's a lot of stars that have to line from, from, from raising the rest of the dollars um, to hoping that you don't find you know buried bodies when you, you start demo like there's a lot of oh, things shit. and and, and I hope I didn't put myself out in a, in a, in a spot that gets me in, in trouble but no, that, that's 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 he said buried bodies that's the goal like there's you never know what I've dug up a lot of parking lots man there's stuff that you don't want to know <laughs> we could have a whole podcast just on that topic yeah, alone it, it, it would be fun <laughs> but uh, Ryan Paco. Chops Mid City Smokehouse, thank you so much for for having us this evening. I mean, man, this has been this has been one hell of a night. Oh, we're gonna do more of it. I I, I think I think this is good for both of us, right? Like, and and I, it goes back to how do you get more dudes in the stands? How do you get more engagement? It, it's these kind of things. It, it's it's being a part of winter. It's it's, it's being engaged in in a, in a conversation. And when when your neighbor gets engaged and you get engaged, like some of the dudes that I've asked this year to hey. I need you to step up. I know you've got capacity. I need you to step up. He says, cool. He donates a thousand bucks to the general fund. He is his dude who sits always next to him. Hears him talking about the season tickets over the, on the, on the speaker phone. He buys them, right? It's, it's it, consumers are, are sheep. And, and I hate to say that because we're all individuals, but dudes like dudes, people like people, we want to be where other people are. And, sure. and so when the narrative is you need to be in Cajun field, people will be in Cajun field. And to clean it up just a little bit, just for the listeners out there, you know, when an ideal takes hold, when a, when a grassroots movement actually starts to come to fruition, it's easy to look over to your buddy and say, he's giving a thousand, I'm gonna give a thousand too. I'm gonna give a thousand three. I mean, it's kind of how it starts. When the ball starts rolling, it's easier to make a fire bigger than to start the fire. 100%, you know, and, and one thing that I've banged on the university a little bit and, and not publicly, but you know where the sausage is made is we don't do a good enough job patting ourselves on the back and advertising we have success. It's like people want to be where other successful people are. Like we've done some remarkable things here lately. I mean, look, I go walk on the campus compared to when I was walking on it with the backpack on, it looks totally different. But how many of those successes are out in the media? How many people, unless you say, I'm going to take the time to go walk it, do you know? Like advertising, the reason Popeyes or Best Buy or Apple spends money on advertising because people want to be part of that. Like the university is so much stronger than it was 20 years ago, but I'm not sure how many people really recognize that. It's we need to be more proud of what we've accomplished. I agree with that 1000%. You know, it's funny because I think one of the things I talked to a professor about a year or two ago and one thing that the university has always prided itself on was we're always we're the best kept secret. The problem is, if you're a secret, nobody knows yeah, don't, about you. Don't be a secret. Yeah, now it's time to say, well, how about we stop being a secret and promoting yeah, yeah, yeah. our advantages? So I just wanted to. I mean, look, even I'm not going to pretend to be a COVID expert, like, but what, how deeply UL is involved into some of these vaccines? Like, 
way deep. Like we were a big part of what happened on Operation Warp Speed stuff. Like it's crazy sauce. Well, Vimet is one of the biggest ventilator specialists I mean, in the country. I, I just don't know how that's not being shouted. Did he just say crazy sauce? Crazy sauce. Yeah. Is, that, is that like trademarked or something? No, or? no. Okay. We actually are making a new barbecue sauce called crazy sauce. Uh, okay, okay. you know, not not, not even gonna lie to you. Give me a side. I was here. Take I was here home. last Friday <laughs> with my fiance, and my fiance and I, we both had the same conversation. If you don't bottle y'all's barbecue sauce ASAP, yeah, there's gonna be a problem. We, we, we've actually. I, I'm gonna tell you two two stories on that. Um, one it's is so good. One is. You know, I was drinking from a fire hose when this thing was opening. I mean, it, thank God COVID happened because I, I don't know if I could have, my, my, my day job evaporated, right? Like it was over. Uh, so I turned into a carpenter and, and, and you know, opening the restaurant. And uh, a, a, a really nice guy who's from the Carolinas uh, at home has a Carolina sauce that he bottles and, and retails and whatnot. And he, he tracked me down and I was so deep in emails. I, you know, my, my, my deal was 24 hours. Like I tried to respond to him 24 hours and, and I failed at that because I was just overwhelmed. And, um, and I, I was sitting in the same lounge you were sitting in now, and we were having some cocktails. It was our, our second week open, third week open. And I overheard a guy talking to some folks at the bar about, man, I've emailed the owner, and I have this sauce and this other stuff. And I, re- I kind of re- remembered. And so Stephen was actually the bartender. Um, and I said, keep that check. I'm going to go creep sauce and, and <laughs> get the name of the dude. And it was the guy who had emailed me. And I, I, so I emailed him back and I apologized. And I said, look, man, I, he, he totally got it. And he said, look, I, I sell Carolina-based sauce. And uh, I've been in your restaurant three times in the last three weeks that you've been open. And I wanted to sell you my sauce to serve, but yours is better than mine, so I'm just not gonna. Right. Like, it was like, I was like, holy hell that was you can say shit on the yeah, spot you can, okay. you can curse well yeah holy shit um, <laughs> no we've had some Texas folks come in and, and really talk shop being like I'll get off, off track a bit you know um, at a recent event Coach Daggs was there and uh, and we, we've been in the same room a handful of times we've shook hands a handful of times but we've not really had like a do to do conversation like I've had with, with a bunch of other coaches and you know he's got a he's got a man handshake, right? And when he grabs yep. you, like you, you feel it pretty good. Um, and he said, "You're mid city, right?" I said, "Yes, sir." And he said, "Why don't you sit down?" I said, "You got it, right?" <laughs> so we, we sat down and we started talking. And he said, "Look, man, my first stint here, there was no barbecue." And like, and I, I'm not going to necessarily agree. Like, there's some I, I like the dudes who are my competitors. And I reached out to both of them and said, "Hey, like, whatever." Sure. You know, I'm coming in your shop. I want to be respected because I just think it's, I think it's the righteous thing to do. But 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 uh, Matt was like, man, look, it wasn't what I needed to be, right? And I don't like sitting in bars because that's that my history. And I love going to your shop, and I love sitting in bars. And I love getting your brisket. And I love getting your sausage. And I'll put it up against any Texas shop I've got. He's yeah. like, when I'm recruiting Texas dudes, like I can promise you, we're going we're going to sit at your shop. And I, that, that, that's a huge compliment. I wasn't I wasn't sugarcoating it earlier when I said that this was the best barbecue in town. I appreciate that. I mean, I grew up. My, my dad's been a huge fan of Johnson's for for years. And Greg does a great job. I, it's I different. Keep, I, I keep telling him that he, he's. I, I got to get him over here because his opinion is going to change completely. Well, it's um, it, it's it's amazing how it happens, right? Like so. My, my chef, who my first hire, actually is about to train. This is his last week, uh, which is our first big managerial transition. But, you know, um, as we're building this and, it, and, and we got the, the, the smokehouse built and we got our smokers in and we got the gas plumbed and it was time to start test cooking, you know, I knew my brisket recipe was better and he knew his was better. 
And we, we both put them in and we said, we'll, we'll meet up at, at 5.45 tomorrow morning and we'll cut in, we'll see, right? We did. We cut them in. They were both shit. They were awful. They were both <laughs> terrible. Like, it was like a Looney Tunes when you put the fork in, they like deflate. Like, you know, <laughs> you, you just don't know until you get the specific equipment. Commercial equipment is just different than everything you've done. It took us eight briskets to get a foundation and figure it out. Yeah. But then you do. And then and we're proud of what we do here. We really are. Should be. Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, you, you definitely should be proud of what you do. I've eaten here numerous times, and I, I plan on eating here numerous times in the future who, who knows maybe maybe we can talk ryan into doing a raging review pre-game show oh that'd be fun live Ooh. at chops every home game we can, well, we can look, chop no, it up over here no, no, who's in the gallery that means yes yeah no. everybody everybody y'all y'all good with that y'all be, y'all be here first and then we move on yeah, well, like, no, no doubt. I mean, like, I, I plan on. <laughs> yeah. I plan on doing some fun stuff with all the midweek games, right? You know, there was some him and hawing about the midweek games, and and like that's how BYU became them. That's how Cincinnati became them. That's how you said became them. Like, you you got to do it. And so, like, I, I'm a huge tailgate guy. If you beat me out there. Kudos, because I, I doubt you will, right? We, we, we set up early. Uh, we actually practiced some whole hog, like the full pig, head-on stuff over the weekend to get ready for tailgating season. Like so. Wait, you're going to be serving food at your tailgate? For you and, and friends, but that's about it. Okay. All you – screw friends. All you had to say was me. All you had to say was me. We right. can do it from there. Yeah, you can do it from there, too. Like, uh, now, our tunes are loud, so we'll have to, we'll have to go up and down with it. But no, I, I really I really expect and hope that, that we can be a spot where you're going to hang out before the game. Like, I mean, our tailgate setup's intense. I mean, we got the two TVs, the games we're betting on, doing whatever we got to do. Um, and so – it's just too hard to set those up for those games, and and, and that's why the, the prices was discounted. And you know, Brian and Nico made some good choices to, to make people feel appreciated. That hey, we, we took a little something from you, so we're gonna give something back. But I, we're gonna hang out here. We're gonna have the, the, the music a little louder than normal. We're gonna have some some beer specials. We're gonna get everybody um, well lubed up. Hell yeah, hell yeah, Ryan Paco. Once again, man, we appreciate you having us. We appreciate you doing what you do for the university, and. Uh, who knows? We'll, we'll talk business here in the next couple of days. Yeah, you got it. This has been another edition of the Rage and Review podcast live at Chops Mid-City Smokehouse. We thank you, everybody, for listening. Ten days away from kickoff between the Rage and Cajuns and the Longhorns of Texas. We will bring you multiple behind enemy line segments next week. So uh, be tuned for that one. And as always, go Cajuns. Okay. Tell them, Owie.